It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hikers are being told to postpone plans to hike the entire length of the Appalachian Trail this year due to COVID-19. Bill Clinton lied under oath, and they thought that there needed to be, he needed to be removed from office for lying under oath. Donald Trump incites a terrorist attack, and they have a different standard. Wolf? We need to make equity and justice part of what we do every day. Today, tomorrow, and every day. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, <laughs> without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. No mention of that Joe Biden today from woke Joe Biden, who is on a race and woke and social justice tear. Oh, man, it is depressing to hear all this ridiculous BS that he was unfurling for our benefit, the benefit of somebody. I'm not even sure exactly whose benefit it was for, but that was happening today in uh, Washington District and Columbia. It's District of Columbia. Alice, you know what? No, if they get to rebrand everything in Washington, I'm rebranding everything too. You know what I'm doing? I'm reimagining Washington, D.C. Because mm-hmm. reimagining is what we do these days. We <laughs> reimagine things. Oh, man, the wokeness was in full swing. It was, it, it was terrible. I mean, I have like 543 cuts of idiocy here, and I like, I'm almost tempted to just not, to, to just ignore them. There's so much can be dissected because all of this stuff is disingenuous, and the, the premise what's premises plural premises premises are um are without foundation and so much of this crap and it's so unhealthy for our country right now. What happened in 2020 was a bad thing. The mm-hmm. reaction to the wholly condemned, completely condemned, unanimously condemned killing of George Floyd 
was a terrible thing to happen. Mm -hmm. And now we've uh, woven through every part of our politics with this woke social justice stuff, and it's dumb. It's not thought through. It's It, it does a disservice to the people it purports to help. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, the woke uh, you know, ideology is something that a very minority uh, number of the minority number is that does that make sense in that sentence? No, I've, I've today's been a long day, so I, uh, I have many things that aren't working in my head. <laughs> uh, a small uh minority of uh, the black population buys this stuff, they have no time for wokeness. People are trying to live lives, right? So it's a small minority of white, black, and other over college American elites who believe in this stuff. And uh, unfortunately, because we're a weak society, mm -hmm. we've been forced to swallow it. And it's just BS. Yeah. It's from soup to nuts. It's BS. In my campaign for president, I made it very clear that the moment it arrived as a nation where we faced deep racial inequities in America and system systemic racism that has plagued uh, our nation for far. He's had three campaigns for president, by the way. Far, far too long. I said that over the course of the past year that the blinders have been taken off the nation, the American people. What, Mar what many Americans didn't see or had simply refused to see couldn't be ignored any longer. This is all disingenuous. Mm -hmm. That is, there was no blinders. Right. We've been talking about race and police brutality, policing, community policing, uh -huh. uh, and social justice for a long time. Right. I mean, and the George Floyd killing, by the way, which, as you pointed out, was universally condemned. And I think most people are in agreement that we witnessed a murder take place on video. Mm -hmm. um, it, we still have no indication of the motive for that murder or anything about it. You know, we we still. I don't... just realized now that uh, this, which was scratching the bottom of my nose, is is indefensible, and will come off as a nose pick. <laughs> and not to to go back to the Seinfeld, it was simply a scratch. I realize we're talking about the murder of a man right now, and that seems like it might be a lighter fare. But go ahead, continue. We um, still we still don't know that that was a race motivated murder. I mean, I think everyone agrees that it was a murder that happened that was unnecessary, but we still don't, we still have no indication. I mean, these two right, guys had worked together before. We don't know that, yes, but Alice, that it was a race thing, per yes, se. Yes, but you realize that that's why the construct of social justice doesn't allow you that out, whether mm -hmm. forensically there was any right. racism involved. Right, because the uh, metaphysical forces of structural racism that infect the air when people harbor bad thoughts in their hearts, mm -hmm. uh, those those act on people and make racisms happen in the country, even if we don't intentionally intend to be it, racist. It was so. systems, yes. systems that caused this incursion. Mm -hmm that caused uh, George Floyd, that got him there. First of all, if he wasn't economically marginally, marginalized, he wouldn't have had to counterfeit or whatever he was trying to do with the store. You know, if he wasn't uh, you know, downtrodden in part of a, a demographic that couldn't get proper um, mental health care and health care, then he wouldn't have been addicted to, to drugs. If it wasn't the racism of the person who called the police on him, then the cops wouldn't. Those are systems. Or in place. as uh, decades ago, Joe Biden pointed out. I don't know that we know any of this, but um, you know, George Floyd grew up in a demographic that was much more likely to not have a father in the home to come from. No, a no, 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 no. That, that doesn't go anymore. That. That fa no father We're in the home is to... celebrated now. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't Those, realize. Those uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds that took George Floyd's life opened the eyes of millions of Americans and millions of people around all over the world. This flighty, symbolic uh, rhetoric is dangerous. What this is doing is ensconcing these misrepresentations in lofty language. Right. And laundering through the laundering them through the White House and our political discord right now, and that's only going to make people who don't know say, "Wow, he's saying it like that, and he's a president, so he must mean it, so it must be." And that's what happened. And much like the George Floyd, the the um, hands up, don't shoot thing, tale is completely apocryphal. Much like the Trayvon Martin. Think being law enforcement somehow killing somebody where there's no cops involved is totally apocryphal. This will be as well. But it works for a many people in the country. Mm-hmm. It fools them, and they believe this stuff. And it doesn't matter what race hears this stuff. A certain percentage of every race, mostly the whites, mm-hmm. eat this stuff up and believe it. And it's, right. and it's not true. It is never healthy to settle on... A falsism as a foundation for you know for any kind of change, right? That is dangerous stuff, right? Especially when you're purporting to be able to solve problems. You know, if if you're identifying a problem and saying X Y Z are problems that plague the black community in the United States, right? And you're proposing solutions to them, then a false uh, diagnosis of what's causing the problem is not going to help you solve it. In fact, it's going to do the opposite. If your diagnosis of what's causing problems for black America is that suburban white people haven't done enough navel gazing about their secret, hidden, dark attitudes about black people, then, you know, then you're going to have really different solutions to suggest than somebody who's saying like, oh, look, the problem in the black community is that they lack access to an appropriate effective education the problem is that they lack access to you know the ability to get a mortgage or whatever if you're going to identify actual problems in the black community then we can talk about actual solutions but if your identification of the problem has to do with you know beliefs that people hold in their heart or that not enough people have taken a racial sensitivity course then then, you know, we're not going to be able to agree because what caused George Floyd's death, a lot of things contributed to George Floyd's death. And like I say, we don't know a lot of the answers of what in particular caused that. But what caused George Floyd to end up there in that moment that we see on that video are a lot of factors that have a lot of different solutions that people could talk about if anybody were actually interested. But there's a right. lot of people out there who are not, who are they're much more interested in selling books and uh, corporate seminars than they are uh, in actually trying to solve the problems that got George Floyd to that point that day. Right. And we act as if, and Biden put it this way, we act as if what we saw that they finally, finally, we were seeing something mm-hmm. that's widespread, something that happens all of the time. Finally, we saw it. You know, some people have been saying on the left that the police have been killing black people in the streets forever. We didn't believe it. Now mm-hmm. we saw it. And so now we can believe it. It's still not true. It's not true that police are mm-hmm. killing unarmed black men in crazy huge numbers. More whites and Hispanics are killed than blacks. It is true that a bigger percentage of blacks are, are being killed. 
But there is a reason. There are more right. incursions. There's with a the lot co- more police interactions. Right. right. There's a lot more police interactions. A lot of I, I assume, by the way, in this neighborhood, there are more black people calling the cops than white people. I, but but to 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 all of these are false uh, false premises. They are, mm-hmm. and it's it's so unhealthy because we can't have an intellectually honest discussion. Then we're just effing around here, which is exactly what's happening. Right. And exactly with with this coddling and embracing of Black Lives Matter, because we're really stupid enough to think because the group is called that, we're going to buy that? Really? How pathetic. Jesus. When uh, the six-year-old daughter, Gianna, who I met with when I met with the family, I leaned down to say hi to her, and she said, looked at me, she said, Daddy changed the world. That's what Gianna said, his daughter. Daddy changed. This is all sick level propaganda using children, using false narratives. Mm-hmm. Daddy changed the world. The world. And I believe she was right. Not because this kind of injustice stopped, it clearly hasn't, but because the ground has shifted, because it's changed minds and mindsets, because it laid the groundwork for progress. The actual effect of his killing in the fo- subsequent mm-hmm. fallout has changed the world in mm-hmm. a terrible way. Yeah. In a terrible way for the plight of uh, marginalized people in this country. No doubt. Maybe it changed the rest of the world because for some reason in Ecuador they were rioting about it. But this is the fallout from the George Floyd killing and the embracement, uh, the embracing, uh, is it embrace. the embrace of uh, Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. the performance art mostly the defunding the police and marginalizing law enforcement has been horrible for the black community. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Our community is fine. You know, where we are right. in Massachusetts, the mm-hmm. lily white suburbs, their policing is just fine. You know, I'm sure they got some kind of uh, symbolic hand slap at some point. But in the communities that need protection, black and brown people are suffering now more because of our reaction to what happened that we are now patting ourselves in the back for. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it bears talking about too that, I mean, I think part of the crime spike that we've seen in 2020 is related to the Black Lives Matter, the sort of pullback in policing. But part of it had also started before, if you look at the actual statistics. And and um, it's really... It, I think that one of the big things that we're going to talk about with this pandemic in 2020 for a long time is the enormous one year uptick in crime. I mean, and it remains to be seen if it will go away or not, but crimes were up like 15% over the previous year or something. They're thinking it's going to end up at overall. And most of that was in cities. So in individual cities, it's much higher. Like, you know, it's Murder like 25, 35% are, are, are in individual over cities. Over 100% in some cities. It's crazy it's so damaging i mean people are dying in these communities that wouldn't have died the previous year and i think part of that is the lockdowns the economic fallout the psychological fallout of being trapped in homes sometimes with people who are abusive or who are toxic or who are dealing drugs or whatever Mm -hmm. else it might be i mean they there was a huge wave of violent crime this year, and I, I don't think we fully know what's caused it. I certainly think the pullback in policing hasn't helped with There's that. There's no doubt that is a, the major factor. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, but like I say, it had started earlier in the year before the George Floyd stuff happened. Um, yeah, well, I can understand how that right. would be. I mean, first, for, as of March, unemployment started spiking immediately. Yeah. Gigs, jobs, and schools. You know, kids aren't in schools mm-hmm. or out in the streets. 
Um, but, but culturally, it also, it's astounding. Today I talked to a guy probably about 55 years old, mm-hmm. good Massachusetts progressive. We were talking about businesses that, um, that hold certain politics. You know, how Mike mm-hmm. Lindell now has been canceled. So right, whatever. he's off Twitter now, all right. that, yeah. And he said to me, this guy said to me, well, if I saw a restaurant that said Blue Lives Matter, I would never eat there. Hmm. That's where we are. Because it says Blue Lives Matter? Is that, that's suddenly, uh, it, it, that's. It, People some, consider that white supremacy, though. Well, well then Blue Lives Matter. Well, what isn't at this point? It, yeah. It's incredible. Because remember, in the town that we used to live in, the, somebody had put up on one of the traffic signs, All Lives Matter. And the town had a freak out and an investigation. Right. They paid like six grand for an, a formal investigation to see who had done it, and what their motivations were. God, what f- dummies. Root out the hidden Nazis maybe, in the maybe traffic Maybe the people dispatch. in that, that town, in, in most of these uh, mm-hmm. upscale elite towns full of Range Rovers, maybe they should take a couple of years off instead of freaking binge-watching binge watching Game of Thrones and... Uh, and uh, whatever else they watch, Orange is they the should new black right. They should read a goddamn thing, or or learn something about history mm-hmm. and about their surroundings, and learn about the the politics without being polarized. Learn about what has happened in the society, what goes on, instead of just waiting for Rachel Maddow to uh, panic and scare the hell out of you, so you have to run out and buy a poster the next day. I mean, I blame. I blame, I so blame suburban white America for this, this idiocy, mm-hmm. to, for codifying this as something is something that is legit. It's not my fault that you're too stupid to know the police stats and police engagements and what's going on in the black community. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. COVID-19 has further ripped a, a path of destruction through every community in America, but no one has been spared but the devastation in communities of color has been nothing short of stunning. Uh, yes, I would agree with that. That is true. So to set those communities on fire seems like a foolish and harmful thing to do. I mean, these the this violence, though not always celebrated, but sometimes celebrated, certainly not condemned wide scale, at least in the beginning, uh, was a horrific thing. And you're right. Yes. If you want to take the blame for what's happening because of what we did this summer and what we cheered on this summer, then go right ahead. But that's not what he's doing. He's stepping around that, which is terrible. Terrible. One in 10 black Americans is out of work today. One in 11 Latino Americans is out of work today. One in seven households in America, about one in four black, one in five Latino households in America, report that they don't have enough food to eat. So what kind of systems would have people out of work today? Well, let's see. We've tanked all the economies. I think that might be a factor, especially up here in the blue states. We've tanked all the economies. Uh, Things like destroying, deleting 11,000 Keystone Pipeline jobs immediately. It seems to me that might affect the community. Uh, Lurching the minimum wage up to $15 an hour is going to result in lower employment in marginalized communities. No doubt about it. These all of these rollbacks of um, you know fracking on federal lands and all of these other energy jobs that are just being deleted so that uh, wealthy green startups can uh, you know can 
eat great amounts of capital from government troughs, those are all things that are negative, are impact, impacted, uh, sorry, marginalized communities um, in a negative fashion. So it would be nice if, if uh, policy-wise, we could counter the effects that this disease is having on people. That would be nice. Today's generation of young Americans is the most progressive, thoughtful, inclusive generation that America has ever seen. And they are pulling us toward justice in so many ways, forcing us to confront the huge gap in economic, excuse me, economic inequity between those at the top and everyone else, forcing us to confront the existential crisis of climate. And yes, for Get, hold the frigging phone there. You know, the, the most thoughtful and progressive. I don't know if they're the most thoughtful. It seems to me uh, today's young people uh, want to think about things unless it comes from the mouths of people they don't agree with, in which case they want them canceled. The most thoughtful. And they're the most thoughtful on racial issues. That's I don't know. Uh, uh, speaking of um, um, inequity, I don't know how it's fair that somebody who goes to Tufts University is going to or is demanding that their college tuition be refunded. <sighs> to confront systemic racism and white supremacy. Yeah, the young people are not impressive, uh, this particular batch of them. And I was from a batch that wasn't impressive either, but this particular batch, at least we weren't soft. I thought we were soft then. Now, compared to these guys, no. We've never fully lived up to the founding principles of this nation. How Barack Obama is this? This country sucks. We've just sucked the whole way through. State the obvious, that all people are created equal. We've never lived up to that? Never? I would say for a, certainly a century we didn't live up to that, but uh, up to that. But since the inception of this country, people have been trying to live up to that—that that all people were created, created equal. Since the inception, there were people who wouldn't sign the damn Constitution unless, um, it, you know, unless certain provisions were put in. Since the inception of this country, you know, slavery was for half of the country considered an abhorrent, immoral behavior have a right to be treated equally throughout their lives. And it's time to act now, not only because it's the right thing to do, but because if we do, we'll all be better off for it. By the way, where are you, buddy? You've been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years. How come this epiphany is just hitting now after the uh, summer of the uh, racial reckoning? Geez, seems opportunistic and political almost. For too long, we've allowed a narrow, cramped view of the promise of this nation. We suck. That's us. We're terrible. Yeah, for too long we've been lazy and racist. To fester. You know, we've, uh, we've bought the view that America is a zero-sum game in many cases. If you succeed, I fail. Who's buying this view? Who? What Americans are saying that? If you succeed, I fail. Nobody's saying that. Nobody thinks that. This is just another... Another in an army of straw men that was deployed during this speech. If you get ahead, I fall behind. Where are the people saying that? My goodness, I don't like this. That person's getting ahead. That doesn't seem right. Mm. If you get the job, I lose mine. Maybe worst of all, if I hold you down, I lift myself up. What a cynical, disgusting thing to say about Americans. Who's saying that? If I hold you, if I can just make sure that you suck, 
and enjoy nothing and enjoy no prosperity and happiness. Well, that makes me happier. I don't know what this comp composite is of this evil, craven person, but Democrats use this straw, fake straw man, and have been using it for decades to fool entire demographics of this country into um, offering their fealty to them. And it's resulted in those demographics being disadvantaged by these Democratic freaking shackles, we'll say, to use the Joe Biden uh, term. We've lost sight of what President Kennedy told us when he said, a rising tide lifts all boats. And when we lift each other up, we're all lifted up. You know, and the corollary is true as well. When any one of us is held down, we're all held back. I think a rising tide was lifting all boats up to about a year ago until the pandemic hit. Uh, somebody had used, had deregulated the hell out of business so that the economy could go through the roof. Somebody was pro-America in trade so the economy could go through the roof. Somebody was pro-tax cut, putting money back into the pockets of Americans so the economy could go through the roof. Rising tides. This is not about rising tides. This is about lowering tides so that everybody's equally miserable, except for people who have $10 million or more like Joe Biden and his friends in Washington, D.C., and both parties, to be fair. Just imagine if instead of consigning millions of American children to under-resourced schools, we gave each and every three, four-year-old child a chance to learn, to go to school, not daycare, school, and grow, and thrive in school and throughout. When they've done that, the places have been done, it shows they have an exponentially greater chance of going all the way through 12 years of school and doing it well. Just imagine, uh, instead of um, going to those sucky schools, we had, let's say, a charter kind of school, something that was totally supported by... Um, both parties of this country, something that people in the inner city really, really like, a chance to escape and go to the good schools. Imagine that. That would be nice. Maybe we should support those. I mean, we don't want to get in the uh, wrong side of the teachers' unions, of course, so you have to make sure that they stay the public schools. And at the same time, these same teachers' unions are making sure that three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, all the way up through 18-year-olds aren't in school at all right now, using COVID as the cover. God, this is a disingenuous speech. It's the most honest administration. Honesty is back. Just imagine if instead of denying millions of Americans the ability to own a home and build generational wealth, we made it possible for them to buy a home. Imagine that. Imagine having a robust economy that people can buy a home. I don't know this denying, I assume that's a nod to redlining or whatever it is. Economic prosperity is good. I like to say a rising tide lifts all boats. Their first home and began to build equity to provide for their families and send their children off to school. Right. Just imagine that. So let's make it possible for that to happen. And, you know, it was going the right way. There's no doubt that having real estate, owning real estate, is a, a huge advantage in life and gives you a leg up. And there's no doubt that we've had a history of blacks being disenfranchised from slavery through Jim Crow and some other periods of time as well, where that was largely prevented. And that is a crime and that is a horrible thing. But now, I, I would say that the way to remedy that is to offer a road to prosperity. So Joe and I are together on that. Just imagine, instead of denying millions of young entrepreneurs the ability to access capital, we made it possible to take their dream to market, create jobs, reinvest in their own communities. Where are all these 
imagined scenarios to begin with. If somebody's not being accessed, given access to capital, I assume there's a reason that the lender cannot do that. I don't know. I'm not from Delaware, the home of all the huge credit card companies. We need to make the issue of racial equity not just an issue for any one department of government. It has to be the business of the whole of government. No, the business of the whole of government is to be competent and do their job well. Racial equity? Equity? We need the best of the best. If the best of the best in Department A are all black or Hindu or, or, or Asian, then so be it. Who cares? They should be blind. We need department. We need government to run well. It cannot be or should not be an experiment. Unless, of course, the, the, the thought is from the left that you don't think that certain races are good enough to get there. And that, to me, is the soft racism of low expectations, as uh, somebody used to say. That's why I issued, in one of the first days, my whole government executive order that will, for the first time, advance equity for all throughout our federal policies and institutions. It focuses Ugh. on... I can't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can do this much longer. I don't think I can do this. Today, I'm directing the federal agency to reinvigorate the consultation program uh, process with Indian tribes. Respect the tribal sovereignty. Respect for tribal sovereignty will be a cornerstone of our engaging with Native American communities. This builds on the work we did uh, last week to expand tribes' access to, to the strategic national stockpile for the first time. To ensure they receive help from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to fight this pandemic. Dateline, Utah, the Ute Indian tribe of Uinta and Ure Reservation in Utah sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Interior this week asking for the agency's recent order that temporarily halts leases and permits for energy development on federal land to be withdrawn or amended. Luke Duncan, the tribe's chairman, sent the letter on Thursday asking the DOI to amend its order to provide an exception for energy permits and approvals on Indian lands. The Ute Indian tribe and other uh, energy-producing tribes rely on energy development to fund our governments and provide services to our members, said the letter, which is obtained by the Center Square, whatever that is. The letter comes after Acting Secretary uh, Scott De La Vega signed an order Wednesday that halts approvals of new federal land leases and drilling permits for 60 days. So thanks. Well, we're imagining a time um, when there's equity for the American Indians, Native Americans, uh, maybe we could not screw them with our executive orders, President Biden. Uh, do I play more of this stuff? Is this this has got to be just grating on you, right? It's got to be grating on you. Let's have a palate cleanse here. Just a moment ago, uh, the Senate is in the process of impeaching Trump right now. Not impressed. God, I'm sorry. Where's my mind? The Senate is in the process of um arguing over um over a motion to dismiss the second impeachment trial and Rand Paul just spoke and I am told that he gave a uh, very good speech on the subject let me just see if I can get this going here silence of January 6th when he said I know everyone here will soon march to the capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? 
What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter Ooh. nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. <laughs> as this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask mm. me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at an apartment store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? My wife and I were pushed and surrounded and screamed at by this same type of mob that Maxine likes to inspire. It's terrifying to have a swarm of people threatening to kill you, cursing at you and literally holding you hostage until police come to your rescue. That night we were assaulted by the crowd I wasn't sure if we'd survive even with the police protection. But no Democrat has ever considered impeaching Maxine for her violent rhetoric. In fact, Republicans, to our credit, have never once thought it legitimate to formally censor or impeach these Democrats. No Republican has sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that has consumed our cities all summer resulting in over a billion dollars of destruction, looting, and property damage. Not one Republican said, oh, let's impeach the Democrats who are inciting this, because it would be ridiculous. Many on the Democrat side of the aisle cheered them on. Kamala Harris famously offered to pay the bill for those who were arrested. I wonder if she'll be brought up on charges of inciting violence for that <laughs> now that she's vice president. Should Kamala Harris be impeached for offering to pay for violent people to get out of jail who've been burning our cities down? No. And no Republican has offered that because we're not going down the road that Democrats have decided, this low road of impeaching people for political speech. Should Republicans impeach the Democrat mayor of Seattle? who incited and condoned violence by calling the armed takeover of part of her city a summer of love. <laughs> Any Republicans try to impeach her? All right, we get the point there. Nicely done, Rand. Nicely done. Alice, so you... So, I mean, oh, sorry, hold on. There you go. Isn't he also objecting to... I, I mean, I didn't listen to the whole speech, but I think I heard that... I, I think 45 whole Republicans in the Senate have said now that they don't think they even have really the... The constitutional ability to impeach someone who's not the president anymore. Right. I know yeah, that no. um, that uh, Chief Justice Roberts has said that he's not presiding over the thing because it says that I think his argument is that the Constitution says the Chief Justice must prov must preside over impeachments of the president, and that because it says the president, it means literally the one we have. Trump is a president, but he's not the president. 
Right. So Justice Roberts isn't presiding over it because his view is that the framers put that in there about the chief justice because it shouldn't be the vice president presiding over the uh, the impeachment of the president since there's obviously yes. a conflict of interest there. So um, so in general, like the, the Constitution provides that the chief justice has to do it and the chief justice has said, like, no, I don't have to do this. This isn't an impeachment of the president. So I don't Right. Have it's to. an impeachment of a golfer right now. <laughs> Exactly, same, a hotelier. Which is not so, the same thing. But before we go, I want to get back to one thing mm-hmm. f- that Biden said that you missed mm-hmm. um, during the insurrection. Um, and I'm going to play it for you, and I'd like your thoughts, okay? Okay. Just imagine if instead of consigning millions of American children to under-resourced schools, we gave each and every three-, four-year-old child a chance to learn, to go to school, not daycare, school, and grow. And thrive in school and throughout. When they've done that, the places have been done, it shows they have an exponentially greater chance of going all the way through 12 years of school and doing it well. Alice? Um, that seems like a novel idea. Has he tried proposing this to governors of states and to school districts that have had their schools shut down now for nearly a year? Very cynical, Alice. Um, and aren't providing school for kids? I mean... Our school district offers a maximum of two days a week of school for all kids. Right. So, I mean, I... My other, well, go ahead. I, I think very obviously kids need opportunities for socialization and education. And the way kids learn is by being in social environments with other kids, especially at young ages. Um, you know, naturally, it used to be that when people had big families children would naturally be socialized around the rest of the kids in the family. And now we have a scenario where we have millennial couples raising one child alone in an apartment. And some of those kids haven't seen another face Mm -hmm. in, in 10 months. (coughs) I read you an article the other day about a family that was struggling with this. They have behavior problems. They have all kinds of issues. We get that, but staying on the, the, the the theme of the day, right? Inequity. Mm -hmm. I would also think a good way to make, Inequity into equity mm-hmm. is providing marginalized community with something that we enjoy, like school choice. Yeah, true. Something that I'm sure Joe Biden enjoys, something that mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren enjoys. She sent her kids to private schools, all that. Yeah, of course. Say vouchers or any of these other options. A lot of states. So I assume inner city, big city, blue city, mm-hmm. heavily minority populated cities. I assume those local leaders will mm-hmm. be all for all those things. Yeah, unfortunately not. In fact, our progressive blue state Republican governor tried to do this in Massachusetts several years ago, tried to um tried to pass a bill to expand the number of charter schools that would be allowed in the state because right now it's currently limited and there are huge waiting lists of people who want to get their kids into these schools and nope takes away money from the public schools and as uh, one of my favorite people on twitter is always saying who's a big school choice advocate he's always saying you know when you shop at walmart does it take money away from target (laughs) 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 is it defunding target if you go to walmart like no of course not allowing people choices to send their kids to school and the fact is that uh you know minority kids have been trapped with no choices for decades and that's now being exacerbated this year we have put the inequity that is built into our school system by design 
uh, into overdrive mm-hmm. this year. We have multiplied it by a factor of 100, and we are Joe Biden and his buddies and the teachers' unions that he's said he's beholden to. Joe Biden has his foot on the gas of driving the inequities that are caused by by school disparities. It's really it's an embarrassment to this country and it's going to be one of the i mean i talked about the crime wave earlier another one of the biggest impacts of this pandemic is going to be the kids who are not only mentally damaged from being cooped up and not seeing any other human being for a year but also the kids that are you know lacking a year of education completely Mm -hmm. not to mention our many kids whose parents keep them in the schools after the school day is over to minimize the chances of their kids being shot in the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, one more Biden cut, and then we'll go back to other mm. stuff. Today, I'm also issuing an executive order that will ultimately end the Justice Department's use of private prisons, private prisons, an industry that houses pretrial detainees and detainees and federal prisoners. The executive order directs the attorneys. Another wholly symbolic one, of course. General to decline to renew contracts with privately operated criminal facilities, a step we started to take at the end of the Obama administration and was reversed under the previous administration. This is the first step to stop corporations from profiting off of incarcerating incarceration that is less humane and less safe, as the studies show. So uh, now I'm glad that he's on a on to criminal justice reform because who was filling up those private prisons with uh, inmates for years and years? Take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become a, a social uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. It's pretty colorful. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock. Ship them to the private prisons. Without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. I don't like that word. Joe Biden from 1994 Hmm. authoring the crime bill. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. That society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take We created them, the predators. ...them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. 
And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. So that is what Joe Biden's been doing uh, for 46 years. And he suddenly discovered... He's building back better now. Uh, You know, it occurs to me, maybe he did watch the George Floyd video and that was the first time he thought about... You might be right, actually. Black people and police interactions. He might have been enlightened by that moment. Yeah. Wow. Black people really do get killed by police sometimes. Wow. That's incredible. He he saw black people in a whole new light in 2020. So, um, uh, so in lighter, um, in lighter uh, fare, I don't even know if it is lighter fare. In in more idiotic fare, Jake Tapper is watching this all this stuff happening today with the senators. And um, not wanting to impeach the president, not wanting to remove from office a president who removed himself from office and is now in Florida. And he is a very astute, deep thinker, Jake Tapper. He makes a perfect parallel. I want to be held accountable politically by their base who thinks that the notion of convicting Donald Trump right now is anathema. I just I mean, Bill Clinton lied under oath and they thought that there needed to be. He needed to be removed from office for lying under oath. Donald Trump incites a terrorist attack, and they have a different standard. Wolf? Uh, Wolf, uh, could that be because uh, Trump is no longer in office (laughs) and Clinton was still in office? Is that possibly why, Wolf? God, what a dumb. Jake Tapper is the dumbest of the dumb. I mean, and I No, that's not fair to say. The CNN, it's a photo finish there. You got Tapper, Lemon. I I don't put Stelter as... You don't no, think he's you can't. dumb? I think he's a dumb, but I don't think he can he can compete with Tapper, Lemon, and Cuomo. Those three are the I don't think Tapper's as dumb as Lemon and Cuomo. Well you said there he is is really stupid. There's no good parallel to be made. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was for removing Trump from office when he wasn't doing the job for the last two weeks of his presidency but yes i mean i i don't at this point he's not the president anymore so i don't think there's any more need to remove him from office you might as well you could also might as well just remove him from sea world too (laughs) you know he's also not there you know remove him from all the places he's not at it's already done uh i will give joe biden credit i saw this today and I thought it was funny. I'm sorry, Alice. I'd like your uh, feeling. Mr. President, what's the topic about your food about? You. That's uh, Peter Ducey asked Biden <laughs> what he talked to Vladimir Putin about. Biden says, you. He says his best. Mr. President, what's the topic about your food about? You. You. He says his best. I like White House press corps abuse. I've always been for it. I thought that was a funny line by Biden. I thought it was cool. I like to see it. I think he's almost playful with Ducey. I like that he answered a question yesterday from him. Um, uh, though that said, had this been Trump, it would have been grump, grump, frump, frump, frump. People like Tapper would have said, oh, my God, this is beyond the pale again. Norms, he's threatening him. Oh, yes, the First Amendment. This is beyond the pale. Folks, this is just not normal. And because they have no sense of humor whatsoever. And it was just... <laughs> of course. But, but I, it is funny that Biden did it. And, I mean, that was not a brilliant question by Ducey. Because if you're doing the, as the president walks out of the room, one less shouted question, it has to be something easy and quick to answer. You know what I mean? Uh, what I did you talk to him about? I mean, like, what do you expect him to turn around and then like detail the whole conversation to you? And I feel like when no. you're doing the shouted out question, it has to be like a 
Well, sort everybody of. does the shout out question. He just had of course. it. I think that was a good one because uh, even though, and people are saying this on Twitter, that, that you know, the White House put out a readout of the phone call already mm-hmm. to say it was in there. I mean, you throw that out there to see if he says something careless about Putin, to see if he, th- if he, if he gaffs, see if he steps in it. And Biden was, and that's another reason why I like it, is like I was heartened that Biden had the presence of mind to return with a quip. And supposedly he's done that before with Ducey about something else. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't mind. I mean, I don't know what other question you would, you would want. He just but had I mean, a, I don't oh, know what else you would expect Biden to say <laughs> to it besides a quip. Said we had a constructive but stern conversation. Uh, I let him know that democracy is something that we hold dear. But that's too long as he's walking out of the room, you know? Well, it's as long as he wants to make it. It it matters. I I, I don't know. know. I'm for the shout of the question. I think that... uh, I'm for shouting questions, but I think they need to be chosen well. I don't know. I don't don't know what other... I mean, that's newsy. If he says anything about Biden, uh, about Putin, then that's newsy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something to use. I have, I have no problem. He, uh, Ducey did ask another question today that was kind of stupid. Uh, I forgot what it was. I didn't. I actually just left it on the cutting room floor because I wasn't uh, didn't see it, Alice. But you know how I like to take my walks? And actually, my knee was better today, a lot better. So to the point where I could feel more of it. And it felt like almost uh, a degree of normalcy is what I like normality. to say. Normality. Yes, a degree of normality is what I like to say. Mm-hmm. And I thought that uh, that maybe in a couple of weeks I'd take a shot at the uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail. So Hikers are being told to postpone plans to hike the entire length of the Appalachian Trail this year due to COVID-19. The Appalachian Trail Conservancy made the suggestion because it feels the pandemic makes long-distance hikes unsafe. They're waiting for the all-clear signs from the CDC before changing their recommendation. The Appalachian Trail runs through 14 states, including New Hampshire, from Georgia to Maine, and it covers more than 2,100 miles. I now have disrespect for 100% of the trail conservancies (laughs) I am familiar with. The Appalachian Trail Conservancy is uh, ridiculous and disgraceful. Guys, we're only in one business. People walk through the woods on the thing that we have here. Where are we on this? Close the woods down from people here because, no, we can't do it. We just can't. Okay. I mean, I would think that they're in the business of having it be open. And the Appalachian Trail generally is known for being trodden through by men and women and children, mm-hmm. whatever. But no, because we're stupid now. We and can't do it. And it seems to me that that would be a lower risk activity. In general. I would say the entire <laughs> length, Alice. Who's there right now? Who's out there in 11 degree weather in the Appalachian Trail and wherever All the hell it is? 2,100 miles of it. Right. No, we can't have any of it it's open. It's huge. Like they said, it can't goes have... from Georgia to Maine. What's going to happen on the Appalachian Trail right now? I think so. What they said in the article that I was trying to read it and trying to understand their logic is they're saying that, like, in the stops on the trail where you can pitch your tent, some of them are like too close together and you might not be able to do full oh, social good. distancing or something. Oh, good. But, like, just pitch your tent away from the other people. Like, I don't get it. Maybe somebody who's hiked the Appalachian Trail can weigh in on what the hazards be. might be. I don't think you but... should be saying pitch your tent at all, Alice. I just know some of the people who listen to this podcast, some of the men, and I don't. I don't like them processing those words, uh, but you know what they could do as they're pitching their tent cells? They could have, uh, they could double mask. Do- Dr. Fauci it's, was asked if double masking works. Is it effective? Is it something that's good? Shockingly, he's all for it. You know, it, it, it likely does because, I mean, this is a physical covering 
to prevent uh, uh, droplets and virus to get in. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95. He has come a long way from where he was last year. I like it's just common sense. Well, duh. (laughs) It's just common sense to wear two masks. I have never said that before until today, but it's just common sense. You should have known to be wearing two masks all along. Oh, it's just common sense because I heard some uh, tiny idiot last year (laughs) telling me that I wasn't supposed to get any masks at all. So I just wanted, and he was uh, a big epidemiology guy. You've probably seen him. He's about three foot five. (laughs) Uh, He's on TV 84 times a day. So I think that does it for the well Tom he changed his mind because the science changed and when the studies when the studies were updated he changed his mind that's what scientists do. Oh, because he didn't say like well I'm seeing studies about two masks. He said it's just common sense to wear two masks. So little did you know if you weren't wearing two masks all along you just have no common sense because that was that was the common sense thing to do the whole time obviously. Since uh complete idiocy has uh successfully permeated the uh, trail conservancy world. Uh, <laughs> let's see if it's permeated the world of literature. Will you wear a mask, I ask? By Tom Ruger. Performed by Mark Hamill. The grocery store, the grocery store. Welcome to our grocery store. Before you walk in through the door, there's a rule you can't ignore. So here's the question I must ask. Will you please put on a mask? There's nothing Soviet-era agate prop about this whatsoever. I know. I mean, really? And this is actually, in theory, the Mark Hamill performance is on YouTube, but this is actually, my understanding is this is a real children's book that this guy is selling. Yes, it is. Sounds like a great book. So this is for children. I'm sure children will love it. There was actually great. also this this dance company put out this uh, this thing. I don't know if you saw it, where dance teachers were teaching their kill- children how not to be afraid of coronavirus, mm-hmm. and they were doing interpretive dances around them, including like putting blankets over them and dancing around them and showing mm-hmm. them that the virus, though deadly, wouldn't kill them. And so um, uh, the end of the world is uh, nigh. Yeah, is actually, saying. the children's book too ends with the person who won't wear a mask in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> No way! Yes. Oh, no way! Yes. Oh, that is too good. We will <laughs> remind me to pick that up on that tomorrow. We are going to continue that tomorrow, definitely. <laughs> In the meantime, you can uh, find the whole Mark Hamill reading the children's book of uh, masks on YouTube. Uh, I'll have Tom put that in the show notes. You can find us on Twitter at BurnBarrelPod, Facebook.com slash BurnBarrelPodcast. Uh, you can send us an email, uh, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our YouTube channel as well. You can like, comment, and subscribe to always see new videos. C'est la vie. Two more hogs got the fever. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.